0: report everything status quo sir very well if um anyone needs me i'll be in my bedroom
1: The readier room, the only and longest-running and freshest Star Trek: The Next Generation rewatch podcast, every week for bringing you an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation and all the behind-the-scenes stories that came together to make it happen. My name is Mitchell Mills chief consultant of services at Paramount. With me is my partner Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we today on this fine day?
2: No, uh, no complaints from me today, Mitch. No, that's that's a, that's, that's a rare a, occasion.
1: I was gonna say that's a rarity. You sure love to to bitch.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do. I love a good bitch, but today it's uh uh I, I love a good bitch in you know in all forms and I always you
1: can possibly take that phrase. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit of a dog lover myself.
2: hmm
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. Uh, that was that was uh your former job actually, right? Uh
1: yeah. Um dog lover. Um extraordinaire. Lover.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> People with um disaffected and uh Sad dogs that they didn't necessarily have the time for hired me to you know love their dogs in their absence, and then they'd mm-hmm. come home and they'd have a happier dog I'd get paid that was a lifetime right. ago, but you know one of my former jobs certainly
2: yeah yeah it's it is unfortunate that um you did have that one client who just completely messed it up for you yeah well your uh, your your process was all too invasive
1: well, here's the thing they they said they wanted to make a movie, a dog lover's movie, and, you know, I took that as anybody would. Now, yep. I don't speak for the results. I don't vouch for the results. I don't endorse the results, but with the information that I had at the time, I thought that's what they wanted. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you live and learn. You do your time. You get out. It's uh, it's just part of the process.
2: But... but- it needs to be said that your uh, your experience from working on that movie mm. uh, directly affected, I think, uh, how how TNG would turn out.
1: Indeed, indeed, uh, we couldn't have as many animals on the set the same day that I was there, which um, greatly affected things.
2: Right, right. Uh, so you you can you can really say you left your own special little mark on the series.
1: Indeed, there's a there's a Mitchell mills shaped mark on tng that can never be erased it can never be blotted out and everyone would do well to remember that what about you do you have anything big cooking anything big no
2: actually um I've and you see that's that's why i uh I have nothing to bitch about
1: it's a shame we can surely find something uh, is the world cup on these days
2: um oh What's what's that? What's the World Cup? Oh, that's the that's the football thing.
1: Right, right. That's the football competition of all the countries of the world, and right. generally the Europores are very into it.
2: Ah, uh, yes, yes. Institute Europeans
1: along with the world's dirty people. They're very into that competition.
2: Well, they're the same thing, aren't they?
1: Well, they're different kinds. You know, some look different dirtier than others. Dirty. Yeah, yeah. As some if you, smell more. as if you had matted dirt onto their very being have you ever been to europe mitch um yes i have i think we told a story implying as much at some point in the past so i'm gonna say yes now and that was that was, that was just a lead-in yes now going to europe it, it, being well, let me just say you can't be part of track and not go to europe at some point in the future not with okay. um les cheques magnifique uh, convention that they hold every year. You, you just gotta make the appearance. Right. And, uh, not a fan of Europe. It's people, it's cities, it's sites. Um, if you can couple them that. Right, right, right. And I don't. I. It's more of a...
2: For all three of those
1: things. Right. Yes. It's it's more of a facsimile of a of a functioning continent.
2: It is, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's uh, it, it almost seems like it could break down at any moment.
1: Right, you know everything is uh several hundred years old, and they say that there's culture, when in actuality it's more of a uh, a cope on some their guy, part.
2: Some guys pissing on the side of a three thousand year old cathedral.
1: Yeah, uh, a bunch there's,
2: of there's curry sauce at McDonald's.
1: A bunch of people steal your um your goods out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. They pick your pockets.
2: Which, that's never happened in America before.
1: So no, no, I mean, you get, certainly you get mugged, but not like this. Never pickpocketed. No, no, which no. is...
2: At least at least have some form of honesty when you're doing it, you know? Yeah,
1: where is the honor? The uh, The honor among thieves is dry in Europe.
2: They, they could really uh take a page out of Klingon Giles' book.
1: They could, and they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I know I get angry about Europe. That's just who I am.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know I'm starting to get angry too. So mission accomplished.
1: That was not my mission. <laughs> I would never try to make you angry.
2: <laughs> um. Uh. It does need to be said. We're not talking about Sweden, where uh, a significant amount of our fan base comes from. So.
1: Yeah, Sweden's yeah. great. We, we like, like Sweden. We love IKEA. It's it's all good. In or
2: was it way. Norway? Any of those northern countries, you're good, you're
1: fine. You're right, right, right. They're uh, they're not dirty.
2: No, they're ready room fans, so they can't
1: be. That's right. And right. we take care of our own. I, there was a there was a great saying I heard a while ago, something to the tune of "Fuck you, got mine." Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I live by for the ready room.
2: That's beautiful. Which uh, which philosopher said that?
1: Oh, that was Aristotle, I believe, French ah, philosopher. Aristotle. Yes.
2: Ah. Right, right. The the infamous Aristotle.
1: Now you, you do a few uncouth things and suddenly you're infamous. I don't know if I'd buy that.
2: You're infamous.
1: Am I? Why, Why is that? Why would I be? Riddle me that. We
2: just talked. We just talked about the. Uh, the whole dog thing,
1: yeah, well, I mean it's not that well known, infamous is still partly famous, you gotta be I don't want to toot my own horn here, but if I was more infamous for that, I don't think our patreon bucks would be as big as they are
2: that's true <laughs> that's true, or maybe you know maybe they maybe there's a subset of our our fan base who wants to see a new um dog lover video from
1: you ooh, that's dangerous, you know, part of the. The court order was my promise to to never do that again.
2: Think about the, uh, the money you could make, though.
1: Yeah, but you just know that something would go wrong. You just know.
2: <laughs> now, here's a question.
1: Okay, I like those.
2: You have famous and you have infamous, but infamous doesn't mean not famous.
1: This is true. I, I think unfamous. Is that a word? perhaps i advise you not to look too far into it all right i won't so in that respect um people like the orb are unfamous whereas or or right. ladies of trek are unfamous whereas the ready room is famous and um beyond belief factor fiction is infamous
2: yeah. or or the ready room is is infamous
1: oh that's true that's true right yes the ready room is infamous
2: both both incarnations of it
1: now here's a question did was there a ready room on the original series enterprise
2: i actually don't know it's been a very long time since i watched that i don't remember there being one
1: what about on uh any of the other Star Trek series, like, uh, like, Cisco. Uh
2: I, w- I would have to wonder if a, uh, a space station would have a ready room.
1: That's true, but it does have a captain for some reason.
2: <laughs> the captain of the space station.
1: I'm um, piloting the space station.
2: <laughs> um... I'm yeah. looking this up. Enterprise, yeah, there was something like that,
1: but was it used? You know, sure, like in the schematics, there's probably a bathroom too, but that doesn't mean it was ever featured.
2: Yeah, I don't think there was. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I don't think there was. This isn't
1: a TOS podcast, but right. I'm sure there's one on lower decks. I'm sure. Oh, you ensign, you. Mean- screwed up <laughs> see me in my ready room oh the boss wants to see me <laughs> it's my it's my image of of lower decks right
2: <laughs> oh the ready room is still going huh
1: good for them we should uh have them on give them a little exposure
2: you know it was it was initially hosted by uh naomi kyle who is actually quite attractive
1: really she um, was is she still
2: I, she might be i don't know but um it, you know obviously you know who hosts it now
1: yeah um yeah
2: what a downgrade
1: indeed uh but you know when you can't have an actual young person you might as well have some kind of uh decrepit old baby <laughs> <laughs>
2: He is like a weird baby monster. He is like like, like he, he was just born yesterday, but some kind of like weird like Benjamin Button thing. Forbidden technology. Him up.
1: <laughs> forbidden technology.
2: <laughs> oh no, we didn't think this would happen.
1: Oh, we stuck every part except his face in the hyperbolic time chamber.
2: <laughs> Not like this. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh boy anyway
2: um ready uh, your room the the ready your room
1: so ready your room as always is brought to you by Denny's and this week's Denny's question of the week um, home of the Grand Slam comes from Adam White in Wisconsin who asks let me get the paper here Uh, where is it alright here it is um, admirals. Aside from Data, who of the main cast would be the best speed runner? I hope this question doesn't have bad Renuga. Ha! <laughs> Truly, readily, Adam. Well, that's, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, it, kind of a strange question, but I, you know, I like the spirit as always. We admire that in our en- ensigns. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to believe that Jordy or Worf. As the resident blacks would be the fastest runners, the speediest runners. If that helps you, um, but I you can make a case for most of the maybe not maybe not Troy. Um, her hips aren't really conducive to to running, but Patrick, not Patrick Picard, definitely no. Not after uh, season two had that injury on set. Mm. I mean, it's another. Victim of accelerated aging, which we're now kind of seeing the effect of in uh, Picard seasons one and two.
2: Yeah, he looks like he's about to fall apart.
1: He is about to fall apart, really. (laughs) Um, He's not a healthy man, and I don't know why we're all pretending otherwise.
2: Yeah, having him, uh, you know, jump around and do those those action scenes and stuff. He's going to break something.
1: Even the mental toil of memorizing lines just it, it
2: seems seems like too much for him,
1: yeah, you can see the parts of him disintegrate as he struggles to recall <laughs> his dialogue.
2: His eyes are just glazed over the entire time,
1: yeah, he's a true golem.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's why they made him a golem
1: <laughs> do you think who do you think would be the speediest runner on on t n g?
2: Well, I mean, I, I definitely I can't disagree with you. Um, if he, we're talking about running,
1: yeah, then
2: cool. I would I would say, without a doubt, it's it is Jordy. Yeah. Um. Or or the guy who got killed by that entity in in where uh silence has lease. Oh, remember that, Oh, like, yes, that
1: <laughs> yes, the yes he griff, gra- grasped his head as it uh, <laughs> yeah. exploded. Yeah, he... he didn't
2: run so good, but if if he did, he might have been able to uh, to actually make it out of there alive.
1: I believe it. Just you know, run out of that um, wormhole that mm-hmm. Nagelum had imprisoned the Enterprise in. Do you right. remember?
2: Hey, I, you know they 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 are good at running out of prison.
1: Yes, so. indeed. Um, reminds me of this this island prison called Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. But I don't think yeah
2: where, where they where they hosted the uh the the Sonic and Knuckles. Um, ring collecting competition.
1: Oh, I was thinking more of uh, an episode of Mythbusters, is what that place is most known for. Oh, okay. Do you know what a Mythbuster is?
2: Yeah, one who busts myths. Right. Like a uh, like Ghostbuster. Yeah, or a Dustbuster. They they, they they have, like, the vacuums and they suck up the myths and just uh, prevent them from existing.
1: Right, which in turn makes them feel good.
2: <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know sometimes sometimes there's an there's an inconvenient myth, right? And um, you know usually it's the government who contracts you to get rid of it. Mm. By by nipping it at the bud, you stop it from becoming a reality.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, God bless those busters, in all shapes and sizes. Now, Arrested Development had a character named Buster. Mm. I, I don't know if, how how this relates, but surely it's not what a coincidence. This is true. Now, do you remember the lyrics to the Arthur theme song?
2: Um every day every day when you're walking down the street.
1: Uh-huh. Take a look out the window they... that you meet. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Um <but clears throat> there there is there's this part of that song that I never really understood where um uh, they, they they say uh and get get along with each Arthur. <laughs> That's so weird. And, and I'm wondering if if um is 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 everyone in universe an Arthur? you, you know what I mean? Which in is the same way that like like every Pokemon's a Pokemon. Exactly. Everyone in the Arthur universe is an Arthur.
1: So that would be akin to the main character of a of a normal drama being called human like hi i'm human
2: right right get along with each human
1: that get you meet get along mean.
2: with each arthur yes right. um but it's it's odd it's odd that arthur is named arthur in that in that case and
1: yes it it's it, especially it, 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 odd it, it, given that he's not the author of the uh of yeah, the books
2: yeah right right he's not the arthur of the books so yes um, it, it, my question is are all of these other creatures just offshoots of arthur like did did he uh, spawn them well you know, and he doesn't know that
1: they're all different animal species in a in a supposed racism allegory, but yeah i um I question how an ardvark could give birth to um a rat fink
2: well it's it's just you know it's an alien world
1: it, but it's so it like our own by
2: our rules
0: like
2: <laughs> it's like our own where the animals are bipedal and they talk to each other.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, they drive cars and and, and
2: and own own quadruped versions of themselves.
1: <laughs> That's truly the most disconcerting part of our world, to be certain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there uh there there needs to be an Arthur Star Trek crossover where they land on Arthur's world.
1: Is this a first contact episode?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And they have to they have to wear furry
1: suits. <laughs> This is getting closer to the Planet of the Apes. Every day we... Do that in
2: Planet of the Apes?
1: Do what exactly?
2: Do they wear monkey suits to fit in?
1: Yeah, I I haven't seen the Planet of the Apes, but I imagine that's a winning strategy. (laughs) Now, they go beneath the Planet of the Apes. Do you have uh, any opinion on that?
2: Is that when the Planet of the Apes rises, so it's easier to get down there?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a flat world conspiracy, you know, because to truly go beneath something, it's uh, it's more flat. Because if you're beneath our spherical planet Earth, that's just a matter of perspective.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I I would say that Charlton Heston, the the writers, the director. Everyone involved is of uh, with beneath the planet of the apes is a bit of a uh, flat Earth conspiracist.
2: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a conspiracy per se, though. I mean, uh, I'm it's...
1: sorry, a flat flat world <laughs> truther. Right. 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 A a, ge- a veritable genius.
2: Certainly, I mean, just um, he 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 did it before anyone else did.
1: Yeah, Godspeed. speed, and Godspeed. uh God st- speed. Godspeed.
2: <laughs> because, because they were so terrified by his uh, his his intellectual dominance,
1: uh, uh, a mental giant compared yeah. to the mental midgets around him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, mental little people.
2: Oh yeah. Oh geez. Uh, uh, producer, cut that out.
1: Right, right, right. Um, but leave in all utterances of the word blacks.
2: <laughs> um, all right, should we start talking about this episode uh, now that it's been twenty minutes? Oh, is that what we're here to do? I, I think we've exhausted the, the obligatory twenty minutes of talking about not Star Trek stuff.
1: All right, um, there is seven more seconds if you would like to fit anything in.
2: Well, uh, my mouth is full.
1: Time's up. Too bad. No. Too bad. So, so nah, this this week's episode is Booby Trap, which despite today's political climate, does not have any loaded meaning. Um, and it was, uh, what I would say, a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the nature of the the conflict, or maybe the situation in which the Enterprise found itself. Um, I thought that was cool. I liked the um, uh, the focus on Jorney, in some respects, even if it wasn't handled perfectly, um, his, his problem. But... Yeah. It, it was just a pretty satisfying episode to watch. Like, this is... We're now fully in the swing of just normally good The Next Generation episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, good episode, for sure. Um, I have an apology to make, however. Okay. Because several... Several episodes ago, probably least a dozen. I made the mistake of saying Leia brahms was dead.
1: Yeah, you um, really she's, you really threw she's me
2: not um because um I I always conflate this episode and the one where she actually shows up. And like I combine them together in my head.
0: Mm.
2: So because because here's the thing though that like station that Jordy like whips up in the hollow deck and the way that Leia's dressed it all looks very like TOS E, doesn't it? It
1: does. Uh bygone era.
2: Like, and so like if if not being dead, I thought that she was just like much older now than she is in the hollow deck. So I was like I don't know because because it, like I was reading that alternate universe comic uh-huh. and She and Jordy are like together in that comic. So I was like this seems wrong, but it's not because she does show up again as I learned by watching this episode and um, uh, uh, not seeing the scenes that I remembered from, uh, from the, I think, the Season 4 episode that, uh, that she shows up in. Um, but for that reason, this episode is pretty cool. It sets that up, which is nice. Uh, Leia is kind of a recurring character in a certain kind of way. She gets mentioned every now and then. She's, um, she's also the Joy voice of the ship. In- no, you, no, 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 She's
1: not. What do you mean she's not? She's not
2: exactly the. She's same. not the voice of the ship. Yes, she no, is.
1: No, no. The, the voice of the ship. Yes, she is. is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. The, the ship is Jean's wife. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Wait. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, Jean's wife is um uh Troy's mother.
2: Yes. Yeah, they're the same.
1: What? Does Lux ne- never weird. never remark on the fact that she sounds exactly like the ship's computer?
2: Uh, she doesn't know.
1: Tell me Leia Brahms does not sound like Gene's wife. Mrs. Jean.
2: With a name? Oh, 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 her, her voice. Yeah. No, I don't think she does.
1: What? You're going senile. You're going senile. She doesn't she doesn't sound like her. Um. Surely she does.
2: You interrupt my like, train of thought, Mitch. Uh. This episode has some really cool character moments and it's it's nice that the external conflict is pretty much in service of all of it, yeah. Rather than being separated from it uh, at any at any point, really. I mean, it's Picard goes over to the ship because he's he's you know interested in in old shit, and and uh, uh, escaping the asteroid field is pretty much on Geordi's shoulders, and it shows you know the kind of person he is, and it's mixed into his relationship problems because he falls in love with this hologram woman, you know? Uh it's it's all pretty tight and I think the worst thing about this episode is the amount of techno babble that goes on that um kind of brings certain scenes to a screeching halt for about three or four minutes. I and,
1: I didn't uh, notice that as problematic. Um I, I I think it works in service of um Strengthening the bond of Jordy and uh, this this facsimile of I don't know to me me it
2: sounds so silly it just sounds silly I don't know it's
1: I mean it's Star Trek (laughs) Uh, not to like forgive all of its problems but um, you're signing up for some amount of techno babble that's where the fucking phrase comes from is it yeah I believe so you want to bet what are we betting? I mean, yes, I want to bet. Obviously, I want to bet. Sure. We're we're betting honor. Sure. I'll stake my honor on this.
2: Technobabble etymology.
1: Again, I don't know what your fascination is with these insects, but that's not what we're talking about.
2: (laughs) First known use of Technobabble, 1981. Yeah, but where? Where?
1: This plays TOS has been out by that point. Look, look at the Google trends of Technobabble.
2: I I cannot find where Technobabble.
1: See if see if the Google trends coincide with the release of uh, TNG. <laughs> well, no, they don't. Um, nobody was Googling Technobabble back then.
2: I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bring uh, bring the podcast to it to, to a stop here. So let's let's just drop it.
1: All right. Well, our guests both of our honor is lost because neither of us won. I suppose so. Welcome um, to the honorless edition of the Ready Room. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. So 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 booby trap. Yeah, uh, I really hate that term. But we'll go on this episode. Um. No, I'm not gonna talk about why. I mean, it's obvious why, why I hate it. But uh...
1: yeah, I know you're not a big fan of 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 boobies of all sizes and shapes.
2: I, I listen. I am. I, e- I every
1: wanna... time we go bird watching, you always fucking complain about the boobies, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sick of it to be honest.
2: That is our favorite pastime. Being old men is um
1: While watching birds.
2: You know. You you turn sixty and all of a sudden that's the only thing you can think of doing is
1: yeah they they send you your camera in the mail and yeah. uh
2: you get a little bird feeder set up in the front lawn you sit down on your porch and take out your binoculars and
1: put it right next to you your bird to sneater.
2: yep yep but yeah those boobies man they're uh they're 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 a menace
1: you might be thinking of Spider Man
2: oh yes yes yes.
1: But I agree. I agree.
2: So, uh, this, this episode was, um, there was a big first for this episode. Yes. Uh, in, in Star Trek. And, um, that is, of course, we have the first female director of TNG.
1: Yeah. Our, our directress.
2: Yes. Yes. The directress. Yes. uh, Our first directress. Sorry for using the wrong term. Um, yeah. Uh, this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Um. This was a big press thing, right? Um, I think it may have, you know, contributed somewhat to this episode's views and syndication, uh, which was, you know, nice for all of us. We, we kept our jobs. Huh. Um, but some people on on the cast and crew didn't didn't really like it. Uh, well, Frakes didn't like it.
1: No, he did not like uh, it at all.
2: He uh, he still participated in the episode because he didn't want to have an episode where. Uh, record
1: didn't appear it would but... call into question his status as the main character he said
2: R- yes yes yeah, yeah that's right um but outside of you know time filming he he'd spend all his time um at this booth he'd set up on on the lot with a big sign in front that said women can't direct change my mind um i don't know if anyone was able to change his mind um Gene uh, actually was going to show up to the protest, but he couldn't make it due to health reasons, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, go on record and say I don't think Jonathan Frakes on any subject has ever changed his mind.
2: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think to this day he still eats his two onion bagels every morning.
1: Right. Um. He barely changes his socks.
2: Oh, you remember that? Yeah.
1: I, I I maybe that was part of the onion bagel reasoning and it, it hided that smell.
2: Especially with the old. Uh... The old uniforms that would get like just drenched in sweat—that oh, was Lord. not fun. Well, once we got into this season, it was it was a little bit better, but
1: it was still bad for the for the extras who inhe- kind of inherited the uniforms of uh, the bridge crew and all the <laughs> uh, the sweat that came along with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're extras; they don't deserve um, anything good.
1: No, no. Least of all our respect.
2: Right. That's that. Yeah.
1: That's right, young blood. I'm calling you out. Call him out. Tell him. You tell him like it is.
2: I still remember what you said.
1: I don't know um, if he remembers, but uh, he'll pay the, the iron price.
2: The iron price?
1: The iron price. Right now, the the iron market is in a bit of a boom, so that's quite quite expensive. Is it your boom? Uh, it's not my boom. It's more of the world's my boom.
2: Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, you yep. to make sure
1: you know how some currencies are backed by gold and some by uh, graphics cards. Well, the ones backed by iron are in a bear market. Some
2: some are backed by Ferengi, for lack of a better term.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, let's not say too much.
2: Right, right. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, this is getting dangerous. So, <clears throat> let's uh, let's go through this episode. I'm, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh-huh. We're going to go through the episode chronologically.
1: Oh, and can you explain to the folks at home what that word means?
2: It means so chronology is uh, is is the the study of um, the the passage of time. Ah. Uh, and and we as human beings tend to interpret that in a linear fashion. So we have a beginning and we have an end. Hmm. And if you want to get really creative, we have a middle.
1: Ooh. Now is this which
2: is usually where the climax of a piece of fiction takes place.
1: Hmm. Is this akin to the middle by Jimmy Eat World? I appreciate uh,
2: the Jimmy Eat World reference, but um, I don't know that song. How does that song go?
1: Um. Uh, how does that song go? It's something about taking some time. You know,
2: it it it. Um, it... You're in the middle of the ride.
1: Right, right, right. In the
2: middle of the round.
1: Just takes, just takes something like uh, 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 middle of the ride, middle of the ride. <laughs> oh, that's it, yes. <laughs> I think I believe oh, that's how uh, that goes.
2: I can sleep well tonight now, thank you. Um yeah, it's it's much like that. So when we talk about going through a show chronologically, we talk about watching it from the beginning. Until the end, ah, um, which is kind of a lost art these days. Most people, people, uh, go go to YouTube and and just watch clips uh, from you know did different parts of the episode and just just call it a day. You know, you save about half an hour and you get you get all the the necessary information, or they'll read the Memory Alpha article, uh,
1: which you love doing, um, so,
2: so they can. Well, you know, it's necessary to uh, to come up with with trivia for you um but uh no they'll they'll read the memory alpha article and then um and then you know go go into their what do they call it the the disc the disc world the
1: disc world yes
2: yeah they go they go into their disc world servers and um they um you know they, they tell everyone else how much they know about star trek that's usually how
1: people people
2: do it um but you know we do it the traditional way here so that's that's how that's that's uh, that's how we're gonna go. Yeah,
1: I like it. I like it. Um, which and this episode starts off with Jordy on a date in the Hollow Deck, but wouldn't mm-hmm. you know it? Doesn't go very well. Cause it's kind of awkward. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's um,
1: he's got no game.
2: He's 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 got no game. Yes, that's it. That's that's what the kids would say.
1: Really, art imitating life here. As uh, over the course of however many after parties and nights out. With the cast and crew, Levar was really known as the one with, with no game.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and he just kept
1: asking I, women if they'd like him to read to them. And you know,
0: <laughs>
1: nobody's into that, no, especially because uh, he would always choose children's books for some reason.
2: He he kind of he lived for his job. Let's just put it that way, and. Um, he, he he always felt that uh, TNG was more of a stepping stone to something bigger,
1: right? He, or
2: his uh his quote real job. Um, you,
1: you could say he was a bit of a jobber, lived a job. He was a jobber,
2: and I think <clears throat> to a degree we all kind of didn't really appreciate um, how much he was into his uh, his other job compared to Trek. So this was kind of a way to set him straight, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like if you don't take this seriously, we're going to use every script to mock you mercilessly. Right, right. And what's what's your happy ending here? While well, you, you get with a computer simulation, Indeed, with a computer.
2: And there's a lot to talk about there once we get to it. Indeed, for sure. <laughs> when to, to 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 move? Well, I don't know. Should we move on? Is there anything? Well, I I have a trivia
1: there? question for you. Okay. What is the name of the classical tune that the gypsy plays on its gypsy violin in Geordie's dates program? Um,
2: I am going to know this <laughs> when you tell me.
1: Will you know it before I tell you? That's the nature of trivia. No, what is, it? what is it? It is Hungarian Dance Number no. Five by Brahms.
2: That's right. That's right. That's by right. Brahms. That's yes, because it's Brahms. I, I I told you I would know it when you told me, because it's Brahms.
1: I actually didn't put that together until just now.
2: Oh really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is I don't know if that's stupid or genius.
2: Um, you know what they should have played?
1: What should they have? They played
2: Mambo Number no. Five.
1: That would have been appropriately classical by that point in time,
2: right? Right. Uh, you know, a- another failing of Star Trek: The Next Generation, but
1: add it to the list.
2: So I, uh, <laughs> um, we, Jordy uh, fails at his date. He he um.
1: Goes to uh,
2: do 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 we cut to the bridge before he goes to ten forward? <sighs>
1: I don't, I'm trying to figure out where this happens if they introduce the ship before 10 forward or Yeah, not. they do,
2: they do. So we cut to the bridge first, because cause I, I remember I was, no, no, here's how it happens. Data and Wesley are playing the, the chess game, and, and out the window we see they're flying through like an asteroid field for some reason, just straight through it. Which really bothered me.
1: Oh, yeah? Why um, is that?
2: Eventually, I guess this sort of gets explained, but... Oh, because they're just... Like, there's so many of them that the ship's going to hit one of them.
1: I assume that... Like, just, just the way they're generated out there. I assume there's a piloting... An autopilot of some sort to prevent this.
2: I guess. I don't know. It bothered me for some reason. But they see... um, They see Jordy come into 10 forward. And Wesley says, "Uh oh," and then Data says, "Uh oh," and then Data has to go to the bridge. That's when we get to the bridge. Then right. they find a the ship. Right, 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 right. And right. Uh, it's the Promellian battle cruiser. Uh,
1: you remember that pretty well. Is that in your notes? Yeah, or is it yeah, etched into it your memory? Oh, I see. I wrote it. I wrote it
2: down. There's, there's, so
1: a, a true like ship is in a bottle.
2: Like, <laughs> Riker says something like "going over to that ship is impossible," or like knowing, right? Knowing the dangers is impossible. And Picard retorts by saying, "Hardly possible." Um, But he should say it like "hardly possible." But he says "hardly possible." (laughs) You know. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. And uh, so,
2: weird reading of that.
1: that. That's the take we chose to use. But it is strange.
2: I guess that's what happens when you get a direct dress.
1: Oh god. How dare how dare she? How dare she? Now <laughs> this is where we get a glimpse into Picard's ravaging autism. Um mm-hmm.
2: yes, yes.
1: Now, it's not enough to appreciate history. Everyone must be exactly in tune with the idea of putting ships into bottles. <laughs> Because he turns to every member of his crew, and except for except for the dirty Irishman, they all shut him down. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Although the uh, the exchange with Worf and Data was pretty funny. How Worf's like, I never played with fucking toys, you retard. And Picard's like, I was never a child, you idiot. (laughs) We actually
2: have that is funny. We actually have quite a few outtakes with this this theme going on though.
1: Yes, Um, yes, we do.
2: These ships and bottle scenes where um, in one outtake, and and this this isn't even a joke. You you can go to YouTube and, and watch this. Um, Worf instead of saying no, nothing
1: did, we did, say is a joke.
2: Well, yeah, no, but I, I just want to make sure the audience knows this in particular is. Um, instead of saying uh, I did not play with toys, he says I did not play with boys. <laughs> um, which which was hilarious and, and quite the Freudian slip. Um, a but lot. He of... wasn't the only one.
1: He was certainly, the only one, not the only one, to not play with boys. Um, I just want to make that clear for our audience. <laughs> um, uh, Patrick also had some fun with that. I re- the line as it was written was, "Have you ever dreamed of climbing inside the bottle?" Uh, in reference to ships and bottles. And um, on one reading, Patrick, I guess, kind of stir crazy after a long day. He said, "Have you ever dreamed of?" climbing inside the birth canal and you know we were all with him we all had a pretty good laugh at that but i guess it wasn't the reaction he was expecting he Wanted a larger larger laugh because he looked kind of dejected um when you know at, at our reaction to him which you know he's, he's he's a showman he wants the the best reaction he's a perfectionist so
2: yeah i I, th- I think he's used to uh I mean, he's, he's used to being the best of the best, of course.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now he's just the best of both worlds. Uh, one world being off-road ATVing and the other one being off-Broadway productions.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: But a good scene. Uh, I liked O'Brien's little su- suspected brown-nosing
2: yeah, yeah, but then it turns out he, yeah, he, uh, he is into like little model things. Uh, right, way down the line, because well, no. you could
1: never actually have no. someone brown nose on TNG that. No, that implies a bit of unsavoriness that we're not comfortable part, with. Part
2: of, a, part of the part of the TNG Bible.
1: Right, right, right. Uh-huh. No brown nosing. No brown nosing. Don't stick your nose in anyone else's Nothing shit. Special. Yeah, I was going to
2: say, especially literally. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Uh, what a disgusting phrase, brown nose. Yeah, it's kind of... And, and, and people just use it wantonly, too, in, in just normal social situations. And it's like, it,
1: you know what that means. Right. Well, I mean, now now these kids are, are quote-unquote, rimming each other. Rimmington Steel. And... Uh, rimming each other? They're rimming each other. Do you know what this means? It's a new... Tr- I saw this on, on the news.
2: No, what does this mean?
1: Um, It's a new trend... For children, where they, um, they they lick each other's assholes, mm. and it's a, that's that's there's that's not slang. That's what they do. Um, what they do. That's where they you know it's where they excrete excrement. Yeah, and uh, they stick their tongue in there. Put it
2: simply, they 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 poop from there.
1: Right. Uh,
2: that's it's, a good way to get worms
1: yeah I mean I usually have to go to my worm guy you know before I go fishing, but I suppose mm. I could just mine my worms from a, a teenager's asshole <laughs> if that's the best way to get them these days
2: yeah, give it a good lick and then and then you'll you, you know soon enough you'll have worms coming out your other end too, and you can use those for uh
1: that's that's the tagline give it a lick and see what sticks mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get warm. It's worms. the tagline for <laughs> Yeah. Um, but truly a worrying trend. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I can see that. It's not it makes brown nosing look like um like blowing in somebody's ear.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Or a wet willy. Or a wet willy. Now, there's I mean, yeah, I, Have you ever seen the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Um.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah here and there
1: there's a scene where um the younger cousin rudy whatever her name is um where her and her boyfriend are like awkwardly discovering sex because this is later season she's older at this point and oh that's a shame and her and her boyfriend's like oh i heard from will will smith um that you're supposed to blow in somebody's ear so th- they do that. Like it, the joke is like Ru- the the kid Rudy tilts her head and he just kind of you know blows air in her ear, and it really set this whole thing off. Is like, do they think the joke is that you're supposed to 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 come in somebody's ear, like you're supposed to blow in her ear? Like I don't really get it. You don't Wh- get it. What the source of humor is here?
2: Well, I, I think I think it's about, and I I haven't seen this, but I think the awkwardness is. What, I mean, when you do blow in a woman's ear, they do, they do tend to react.
1: Right, right, right. But um, the, the thing is that it's – he just does that, you know? The, but,
2: that, no, but, but that's, that's – that's, I think that's where the humor is, is that it's – usually it's, it's just like a, a little, like, you do it without her expecting, she reacts, you move on. The joke is that they're doing it so intentionally where she's just, like, sitting there waiting for him to blow in her ear. Right?
1: I, I guess, but
2: – Right? What, it it's, looks, it's not a normal human interaction.
1: Yes, but the way that the laugh track is cued, like, oh, he actually did it—he actually blew in her ear—makes <laughs> makes it presents the idea that it's supposed to be a double entendre, which um, it's it's not. And I,
2: I think he might be misinterpreting this scene. I
1: I think I think somebody might be misinterpreting the phrase "blow in her ear."
2: We're gonna we're <laughs> gonna have to watch this after. We're gonna load this up. And...
1: I just want you to know that the last time I saw this scene was perhaps more than a decade ago. And this has stuck with me.
2: <laughs> wow, more than a decade, huh? You were like what, fifty? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you lose the ability to form new memories at that point, so it's uh. Yeah,
2: yeah, That's, it is. Uh, good job, seriously.
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah, so so they they go to the ship, they go to the Promelian Battle Cruiser, and we don't. I was disappointed. We don't get to see a lot of it. Like, there's a lot of close shots um the set's obviously redressed from something but we don't really see any of it
1: no there's like a mummy there he returns um
2: (laughs) i'm i'm glad because i I wrote this in my notes you know how is the crew dead but the ship intact um which they do explain yeah that's that's nice i i
1: thought that too but i had the prudence to not write it down because i thought they would Mm -hmm. get to it
2: well you know yeah. yeah you had faith
1: i did I did.
2: Someone's a bigger Trek fan than I am.
1: Well, you know, I uh, I've developed an affinity for it over the past year that we've been doing the Ready Room. It's uh, it's now become my home away from my home away from home. Yeah. Um, the first of those being my home, and the second of which being woodworking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's another good wharf line in this episode where he says the word censors, but he says censors
2: sensors. I didn't I didn't catch that, but I can imagine it.
1: It's good. sensors. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not the radiation is is cloaking our sensors.
2: <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional. I don't really remember I don't, I don't remember like if this was part of his like concept as a character to mispronounce things or if that was just Michael
1: We'd have to check the Bible. I think I still have my coffee sitting around under my coffee table, mm.
2: where one does put his Bibles.
1: Exactly, it's right next to my my Bible and my Torah, and a little distant from my Quran. I want to keep those separated, you know. Um,
2: and the uh, the Mormon Bible, of course, are, uh, right the the book Jewish of book. Uh,
1: the book of Mormon,
2: the book of Mormon, not to be confused with the. Uh,
1: The golden plates. Huh? Well, Joseph Smith uh, found golden plates uh, bequeathed to him by an angel, which he used as the foundation of Mormonism. Oh, is that how it goes? Yeah, and he buried the plates so that nobody else could see them.
2: All I know is it lets me have multiple wives. Um, Right, right, right. and And I don't have to blow up any buildings, so...
1: Well, multiple wives blends really well with uh, my my theory of reincarnation because you know what they say happy wives happy lives
2: that is what they say yes that's uh, <laughs> it's very wise
1: it is it is um, so I'm glad that all these philosophies connect together anyway Mormonism um,
2: so they uh, they find the ship's captains little video, and he's like, you know, oh, this is all my fault, and whatever. Nothing really happens on the ship.
1: Yeah, Picard's uh, like, oh, what a pussy.
2: I kind of hated all of that.
1: Um, but I, I hated how he looked like a weird lizard, man.
2: Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like the makeup, <laughs> but considering he was only going to be on a small screen in the actual finished episode, it makes sense that there would be less effort put into it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, I, I, I really can't overstate how much I disliked that we saw nothing of that ship. Um, but whatever. I'll move on. I'll get over it.
1: You'll you'll never get over it.
2: <laughs> I'll get over it for the sake of the ensigns.
1: They want to so, hear it. They love the minutia.
2: Um, we... They go back to the Enterprise. This is where we get Jordy confiding in Guinan.
1: Right. He confided in um, him.
2: Con- confide, confide in him. Which is, um... One of the very few remnants we have of this kind of lost plot arc for this episode. Mm. There's a lot going on in this episode. I, I think this is kind of like the the culmination of um, you know two or three different scripts into into one thing. And um, in one of them, um, you know, the Jordy plot up to this point has pretty much been how we imagined it to begin with, or how the writers, you know, the writers imagined it. Um, but because of all the other stuff going on, we had we had to cut this this. Scene This scene would have continued, um, from where um, Guidon tells Jordy that she, she, to determine a man's attractiveness, she looks at his head,
0: mm. right?
2: Um, uh, and and this would have gone on to her giving Jordy, um, an in depth education on phrenology, right? Uh, which which is kind of a popular topic at the time, uh, you know, among the crew, uh. And just, you know, made, made its way into the script. But, um, unfortunately, we had to cut it. So, uh, you know, here you kind of see just the, the last little vestige of that. Um,
1: and that's not an uncommon thing for a line or two to stick around when its yeah. intended purpose has been axed.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we eventually repurposed it into um, into basically her just, um, as the kids say, simping for Picard. Right. So, it really it worked out just fine.
1: How do you um, how do you feel about the um the card dynan simping setup knowing where it pays off?
2: Um I don't know, all I can think about is is how his alternate universe
1: self keeps her in a cage. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's difficult to get past. <laughs>
2: kind of where my brain stops thinking
1: it's just weird Um, how um she's never she's like oh you know because a a bald man was kind to me once and she doesn't say oh a bald man saved me from mark twain once um yeah
2: yeah yeah (laughs) i guess it is yeah um
1: and you were there jordy (laughs) yeah why did she say that
2: (laughs) (laughs) Could have been uh, could have been a lot better, but um, oh well. Uh, now now, Guinan works at some dumpy hole in the wall bar on Earth or something. And uh...
1: this woman won an Oscar
2: for for being Guinan.
1: For being Guinan,
2: really? She won an Oscar for that.
1: The joys of being Guinan.
2: <laughs> I mean, she's good. I like her. I, I, I... Yeah, I don't
1: know. I, I don't, I don't see much of a, of a of a personality or a force behind much of Whoopi's performance. Like I just don't get what the Whoopi's about. Um, well, let
2: me think for a minute. What did she win
1: to um, Oscar? Was she even Ghost with Patrick I Swayze? Know. I gotta look I this know. up. I, I, gotta, I gotta look it up. Whoopi Goldberg, a uh, name like that, it's no wonder she's succeeding in Hollywood.
2: Well, she changed her name.
1: Ah, oh, she did. Good lord. Yeah. Do you know what her original name is, her birth name? No. Do you want to know? Sure. Karen Elaine Johnson. The hell? <laughs> yeah.
2: That's significantly less African than I suspect,
1: then. Yes. Yes. Although Karen is spelled C-A-R-Y-N. Ah. Uh, All right. It, hold- sh-
2: it should have been like Q apostrophe A-R-Y-N.
1: So Whoopi, Whoopi um, has won an Emmy, has won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Academy Award, and a Tony. Um, Tony who? Uh, Tony Robbins. Now mm. the the Grammy was for the best comedy album entitled Whoopi Goldberg. Um, she won an Oscar for the film her performance in the film The Color Purple
2: in the film Whoopi goldberg
1: <laughs> her <laughs> emmy was uh also for Whoopi goldberg
2: wait she's one t- was oh
1: wait hold was, on uh, was, was
2: was the color purple uh, a reference to her skin color
1: no um, it's a reference to her liver color now i misspoke because the color purple she won the golden globe for but her performance in ghost which i said and i was right is where she won the academy award um it doesn't say all right hold on um where's her tony she won a tony oh as a producer that's a little disappointing
2: all right whatever fucking i like whoopi goldberg i think she's She's yeah you you a
1: big sister act fan
2: actually kind
1: of all right what about sister act two back in the habit
2: I, I didn't watch that one.
1: Now, originally, the Aerosmith song "Back in the Saddle" was commissioned for that. You know, I'm back in the habit again, but um, mm-hmm. that deal fell through, and they just they rewrote it out of spite.
2: Uh, then, then they then they actually they went to Lincoln Park, right? Uh, where it was "I'm back in the habit," uh, and that fell through,
1: right? So the song, the movie didn't actually have any music. Um, no soundtrack or score to speak of.
2: In fact, it was silent. It was a silent film.
1: Well, they, once they had the silent, they had to go with the silent film, they, uh, you know, they casted everybody to be either black or white, which is why Whoopi was in the role, so they could have a black and white film. Right.
2: Um, all right. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this Whoopi Goldberg scene? This is, like, the last time she shows up in this episode.
1: Um... Yeah, I question, uh, what's his name? Will, Will Wheaton. Wesley. I question Wesley's wisdom in playing chess against a fucking robot. But that's about <laughs> it.
2: Well, I mean, I yeah, I guess. It, at, at that point, you just go into it knowing you're going to lose.
1: It's like when Data played Stratego against that one guy.
2: Right. Maybe Data has difficulty settings.
1: Oh, just like on the back of him, like a little flip switch? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, you 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 bring it down a couple notches. He's uneasy, and he just becomes retarded.
1: <laughs> Starts taking his own pawns. Where does he take them?
2: Um, which which is a uh, which is dangerous, you know, because he he just got called to the bridge right after he left, and no one adjusted his difficulty switch.
1: Oh, maybe that's why he couldn't contribute anything to this problem of this episode. Yeah,
2: there there is there is that scene later on where he says, "We're slowing down. We're not going to make it." And then like two seconds later, he's like, we're speeding up.
1: You use the asteroids gravitation as a slingshot.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. Like data wouldn't think to do that.
1: Well, data doesn't think he computes,
2: right? Like data wouldn't compute that. Um,
1: no, no, no. Just...
2: So, um, so this is around the time where they, they notice that there's something wrong. Their energy is being drained and they're going to die. Right. Um,
1: well, they notice the radiation, too. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they go to leave, and they uh, the ship can't move.
2: Right, right. So, long story short, jordy has got to fix the engine. Um, or something. He's got to fix gotta the
1: problem. Save the day, Jordy. Yeah. Go do because, it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Picard tells him to go figure out the ending to this episode. And he goes to engineering, and then suddenly decides, hey, I'm going to recreate a woman in the holodeck. Who worked on the enterprise which and she's not dead
1: that's a thought that many an engineer has had
2: so <laughs> so um part of me wants to ask why don't they just recreate personalities to do every job
1: yeah that's that's the natural question there's also the moral implications of um getting romantic with the uh, man, the facsimile of somebody you know? Yeah,
2: sure. Which I th- I think is you know somewhat touched upon later, but um, I mean, I would, you know, well, what you would situation,
1: what you would do, and what is morally acceptable are not always uh, in line with one another.
2: Most of the time, they're not. But um, I mean, yeah, I guess it is weird to just like build build someone. But we go through this with Barkley later in a lot more linear, direct fashion, right? Where right. Like bangs Troy in the holodeck.
1: And uh, has a power fantasy where he bests Riker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Where he um, bangs Riker. I don't know.
2: It, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because um, the start of this episode is Jordy trying too hard and failing or whatever. And you know, then he talks to Gai, and she's like, "You're trying too hard. You're not being yourself, basically." And then, because that's the thing, Jordy is only really himself when he's dealing with these sort of minutia of, you know, these these engines and like this technology type stuff. And when he he creates this this facsimile of this woman, who's not like accurate to her personality, as we later find out, but um, she is equally as uh, into this kind of stuff. And so, right. of course, they're going to play off each other. And it makes sense that a frustrated Ge- Geordi would be like, oh, you know, I, I kind of suddenly feel like some kind of connection to a person. Um, and honestly, it's almost worth exploring more in an episode like this, right? Mm. Because it ends abruptly. You know, he, he kisses the hologram and then turns it off. But y- you would think he'd have a little more complicated feelings being the supposed autist he is.
1: Yeah. Um, but there's not enough time for that because he turns it off and then credits roll.
2: Right, 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 right. We had to we had to roll the cr- the, the credits, unfortunately. Um,
1: he does make sure to inter- kiss it. This 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 fake hologram. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she she initiates. Um. Oh, it's her. Interestingly fault. enough. Yeah, she. You know, what was she wearing? Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, um, she was actually, uh, per page thirty-six, section three of the TNG Bible, like how I. Like how I uh, remember that. Oh yeah. Um, Leia was actually supposed to be African American uh, because the the TNG Bible specifically prohibits miscegenation. Um, but someone in casting um, got it completely messed up, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm thinking they definitely got fired for it. So we ended up with a white Leia Browns. In fact, I think her name was supposed to be different too. Um, I think yeah, we we got we got Leia Browns instead. I
1: think it was supposed to be Leia, but there was an apostrophe in the middle of the word.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So not not so different, but you know, different enough to imply the, yeah, the like casting.
2: Like Leia, Leia, get, get get your ass back in here!
1: Right, right, right. Thing. Yeah, I think Leia, Leia,
2: Leia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Klingon
1: It does, which um kind of plays with the fact that the Klingon on the Enterprise is also black. Black you know what
2: i wonder <clears throat> you know what i wonder sometimes and especially with this episode is <laughs> this about that jordy bread again runs... bread wonder bread no not no it's not no
1: okay no
2: jordy jordy runs into the uh the deck, right but what if what if someone was in there when he did that
1: just like having a private
2: yeah like hologram? A
1: yeah 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 that would have been awkward um
2: but like like they they do this all the time. They don't knock. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like like the holodeck is always conspicuously available.
1: It raises the question of what is proper holodeck etiquette. Hello, etiquette. <laughs> Indeed. It and it's not it's a sticky it's a sticky question to have to think about. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially when you're in Barclay's simulations.
1: Right. 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 Uh, and nobody wants to be in Barkley's situations, simulations, or situations, <laughs> or <No, we're>
2: situations. <laughs> uh, unless, unless you're the
1: Barkley that killed Yar. Oh my god, that's like uh, that's the title of a novel right there. The Barkley that killed Yar. That
2: killed Yar.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, just just a little observation. Uh, I don't know, like no one, like they they don't schedule holodeck uh, uh, blocks of time to, you know, I don't know.
1: Do you think there's infighting? Like, oh, Captain Picard said it's my turn to use the holodeck.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a little kid with Cheeto dust on his upper lip.
1: Um, what would you use a holodeck for if you had one? Come on, man. <laughs> you wouldn't use it to to just have a horse riding program on, on call. <laughs>
2: I I wonder I don't know maybe maybe people with access to the holodeck kind of get it out of their systems early like you go into the you go into the holodeck you're like I can rape murder, uh pillage, uh, all that stuff and you do it a few times and it kind of loses its luster
1: and then you just finally start the bird watching program
2: right right right
1: I mean I uh, I want
2: basically how our lives went <laughs>
1: that's true I want to see a more degenerate version of of these events where um it plays out. Like, oh, it's. I'm on the holodeck. Time to recreate my my furry porn fantasy. <laughs> or, or my My Little Pony fan fiction, whatever.
2: Uh, rush-a-ram shitting into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I would love to see a, a version of this episode where, where Jordy recreates Leia Brahms and starts working mm-hmm. and then uh, just. Just starts fucking the shit out of her. Um, it's the <laughs> exact. the Enterprise just the Enterprise just explodes because he doesn't he doesn't get any work done.
1: I, it's the exact same episode except for when he tells the computer to recreate Leia. Brahms. he uh, mentions that to recreate her naked. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing.
2: No, 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 Oh, it's 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 where she says you must know me inside and out, and <laughs> and, and he responds. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to know you inside real soon.
1: <laughs> how about this? Um, somebody who is, you know, so hopeless with women that they have to, you know, get that out on the holodeck. Except when they're with the holograms, they still just have no idea how to smooth talk. And it's just incredibly <laughs> awkward regardless.
2: <laughs> like like the holograms are made to be like as easy as possible to have sex with. Yeah, so then he still can't do it. That would be funny. We're we're venturing in, venturing into black mirror territory here, I think. Um, what if there was a hologram who was made to have sex with, but but
1: this this lad couldn't? I suppose we should be having sex now. I don't want to see baby cakes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. <laughs> create
0: great for me. The computer's all bingy-wingy, and the ship won't go. <laughs> Computer,
1: love making time. <laughs>
2: all right, all right, all right. Okay, let's, let's get serious, Mitch. Um, <laughs>
1: We're only an hour in.
2: You know, nothing. I mean, so this, this is the point when, and, and here's where my complaint with the techno babble comes in. Um, nothing really happens.
1: No. No, not, right. not in the scenes where they're together. They're, yeah. all, they're ostensibly mean, it's, making it's... a breakthrough, but without understanding it, it doesn't have any meaning.
2: Yeah, there's cool computer effects. I like the, the little ship simulation mm. visual, that's really cool. Um, and you know it's it's cute or whatever, right? You know I like the interaction between them, but uh, plot-wise, it's like there's there's like a fifteen minute chunk of time where kind of nothing really happens.
1: I guess I agree. Uh, and,
2: and you're you're, you're you 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 still feel the tension, so it's not the worst. But again, like you said, you can't understand what's going on, so you're kind of just sitting there like, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, you're right I, I, I guess enough, the
1: gravitons would cancel each other out.
2: In, uh. Right, right, right. In those scenes where they are together. Uh, because it's often cutting between the bridge and Jordy's simulation, uh, because you know the bridge is dealing with the the matter at hand, where you know the the shields are going down, the radiation's leaking in, and Jordy's just trying to figure out how to fix the damn thing. Um, but there's you know there's a lot of cuts, and in some cuts, the astute viewer will notice that um, there's there's a difference in so the height differences between Jordy and Leia um, are different between scenes. So sometimes you know, she's, she's taller. Sometimes she's shorter, Mm. right? Which is, I mean, obviously really weird. Um, and this is actually a pretty well-known phenomenon, um, that, uh, has been dubbed by, by some, you know, genius out there, um, large Brahms.
1: Right. When she appears bigger, she is the large Brahms.
2: She's, she's the large Brahms. Um, and uh, to to this day, uh, I think the explanation for this eludes us. I don't know if this was some kind of forced perspective, like accidental forced perspective, or what. But um, you know, I, I think it has who the director was.
1: Yeah, well, I think it it's a victim of this. The shots where Jordy's in front of a green screen, is in front of a green screen, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he has to. That's when the holodeck simulation ends, and they can't just have Jordy fade out because he's not a part of that image so
2: right.
1: so he looks a little smaller there and you know LeVar's not a big guy to begin with he's like 5'2 so uh, he, he's gonna look smaller than Leia a lot of the time
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: Princess Leia Bronze
2: Princess Leia Bronze
1: um anything else happened? what happened? where are we? What episode is this um, so they yeah they're working on solving the problem this goes on for a while oh there's a there's a few times Picard walks in on Geordie's fantasy We're, yeah which is kind of awkward What it do you reminded
2: think? me of all those times my dad walked in on me
1: right um, with your Sears catalog
2: yeah, yeah well, that's all we had back in the day
1: right and uh, back when in back 22. in those back in those days the Sears catalog only covered washing machines. It was just strange hey, they,
2: they 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 were very curvy washing
1: machines Ah Well you know that 50s aesthetic
2: mm-hmm. Oh god I wouldn't give
1: Now Picard walking in he doesn't say anything He just walks in And then Jordy takes the moral high road And doesn't get flustered
0: mm-hmm.
1: And tries to explain this Captain I'm discussing this with Lea Roms. <laughs> right Right <laughs> and Picard ever the professional says all right and if this will help you whatever i guess
2: i i appreciate how how geordi uh says you know we could do this uh and and see what happens and then picard looks at him and just walks out silently <laughs>
1: <laughs> now geordi, kind of a weird interaction geordi proposes the idea of turning it over to the computer and then he becomes the biggest proponent against it
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that was very weird, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. There's also this like strange um well the the computer can't account for the human intuition thing. Mm-hmm. And it you would think that the engineer would be the one to champion the technology over the uh mm-hmm. kind of luddite um uh, uh, steadfast need to just have it done by people.
2: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- that is that is really weird, and it's it's almost like the episode is trying to trick us, in the way it plays out, into not noticing this.
1: Right. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's, it, it's such a brazen inconsistency. <laughs> right.
2: Um, and it sounds like the computer could have done it just fine. like, But they, they wanted to get Picard in a little chair so he could drive the ship.
1: Which also you doesn't know? really make sense, because Geordi had been practicing that for... Right. And he's like, right. "All right, Captain, I've run this simulation. I know I can do it." And Picard says, "Well, Geordi, I just had a conversation about biplanes, so I'm gonna need to do this."
2: <laughs> I think that conversation was an effort because you know, you know how these episodes go, where like there's this little quirky thing that happens at the beginning of the episode, and they want to, they want to bring it back around. Right. And that was the episode to bring it back around, or that, that was the the. Uh, uh attempt to bring it back around and um it just didn't work at all. It was it, it felt apropos of nothing. It, it it like ended very abruptly that scene in in the Ready Room.
1: Mm. Yeah. It was very dumb. It was dumb. And the way it wrapped back around was too was dumb.
2: It was dumb. So there's this theme in this episode of if the harder you resist uh, so where's this going
1: for oh god
2: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> okay
2: my problem is where is
1: data's finger trap <laughs> you're right that would have been this would have been the episode perfect. to put it in
0: it would have been perfect
1: yeah so okay let's rewrite the entire fucking episode there's no um There's no chess game at the beginning. No chess game. Data's in there with his Chinese finger trap. And uh, Wesley comes in. What do you got there, Data? Oh, it's a a relic of a bygone era. It's an old Earth toy. And uh, despite my superhuman strength, I cannot rend my fingers from this hole.
2: I cannot
1: rend. Uh. And then Wesley's like, oh, Data, and he grabs his hands and like squashes them together. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He them. And- right. And, uh.
2: Chinese finger trap. <laughs> I know about this my, from my, my, whatever. My studies. <laughs> yeah. My studies on, on ancient Chinese culture.
1: You see, you, you see, Data, the, the more you resist, the worse it gets for you. And then it slam cuts to Jordy talking about his date. Um,. And he's like, how much he wanted to just, you know, go wait, in wait, on wait, that wait. girl.
2: First, 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 data has to like tilt his head and go curious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, then, then, it, then it goes to Jordy talking about talking about his his date.
1: Right. Okay. So here's the thing. This episode in this um, iteration involves more of a data input. So at some point, yeah. Jordy's with uh, Leia Brahms, and you know, he, it switches to an overt uh, romantic advance where he's just kind of like. You're, you know, you're a computer, or I can do whatever I want or I'm, like, I'm gonna rape you. And then Data comes in the room, and mm-hmm. with his finger trap, and he's like, "Jordy, can you help me with this?" I forget what Wesley told me. And then Jordy sees that, and he says, "The finger trap," and you know, it's like, and then he,
2: and then, he says, and then he's like, "The more you resist, the worse it gets." And then, and then he turns to Leia, and he's like, "The more you resist, the worse it gets." <laughs>
1: god and then Uh, i'm um, not
2: sure were we going in that direction or was this supposed to be like
1: no it's good i'm into it it's uh i like it and at the end of the episode um there's a shot of just data in the chair with like a broken finger trap on each of his uh each of his fingers (laughs) goodness
2: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is the best episode we've made so far literally just just completely relinquishing everything that had to do with the actual plot of uh of, <laughs> of going on to the the abandoned ship and escaping from the field all we care about is data's finger trap and Jordy raping the hologram uh it's a oh, bolder
1: man. direction for trek <laughs>
2: Where no man has gone before.
1: Oh, God, I love it.
2: There was a a reprise, I think, during one of the stings. It might have been the Act 4 sting of the the theme from that Ray Wise episode that I really liked.
1: Really? I didn't notice this. I
2: think. I think it was, at least. I don't know if I'm, like, mishearing it.
1: I think it's what it was. Well, the more um, who watches the Watchers, the better. That's what I always Mm -hmm.
2: say. Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. It was cool. Um, yeah, so so then uh, then Picard hooks around an asteroid, and they, they shoot the ship, and that's it. That's, that's the end. Yep. Um, not not at all. Uh, not at all convinced that another ship couldn't just fly into that asteroid field. But
1: yeah, know. it's uh sure they uh well space is big generally, and yeah. they destroy the reason to go in there. There's no distress call. Or rather,
2: accidentally flies in there and becomes the new reason to fly in there.
1: Oh God, it's quite the you know? booby trap.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a boot like they, like that's what that's what happened to the first ship to begin with. They flew into the asteroids and yeah, and stuck.
1: Well, so, maybe nobody else will want to climb into the bottle.
2: Into the bottle.
1: <laughs> we had a, a nice so a little bit of topical news right now. The end of this episode when Jordy is talking about his plan. Um, that Picard ends up cucking him out of he yeah. uh he says they should like, oh, just a burst of energy and it cut everything and we should be going like a bat out of hell out of here. And of bat course out of hell. it's a reference to the late the now late Meatloaf. Yep. And I mean he was frequently late to most engagements, but now he's the late Meatloaf. And um you know, we wanted to pay some homage to him. We liked his musical efforts, so we put this little Easter egg in there. Um I don't think he ever saw it. Meatloaf was always the type to insist he was too cool for Star Trek, but Mm -hmm. our love for him is still strong to this day. And uh, now that he's gone, I think I speak for all of us when I uh, express a deep and uh, immovable sadness that that now rests within me. Uh, Meatloaf, you're going to carry that space, cowboy. Godspeed. Mm
2: -hmm. God, I can't believe he's gone.
1: Same. It'll take a while for him to decompose, but he's not here in the way that we want.
2: Do you think he named himself out the thing that made him
1: fat? I don't think anybody eats meatloaf.
2: It's... Meatloaf is delicious.
1: You're wrong.
2: Meatloaf is so good, dude.
1: It's gross. It's dry. There's so. You're gonna eat. Okay, I'm going. Dry. I'm going to eat meat. I better just shove it all into a fucking rectangular pan. It's, it's the, that's the bad, limits bad of my creativity.
2: Bad meatloaf is dry. What's Good
1: the what's is... the appeal of meatloaf? Riddle me that.
2: It's just it's meat. It's a big thing of meat. It's yeah, not like meat why not have lunch a lunch steak dinner.
1: or a hamburger or a pork chop?
2: Be- because because meatloaf you have you have the the red sauce on it. And...
1: I would if I was going through all this trouble, I would just make a spaghetti dish with meat sauce.
2: Sure, fine. That's that's your prerogative. I like meatloaf.
1: Yeah, and I'd use fucking ketchup to do it.
2: I bet you would You put little hot dogs in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, because I'm such a big fan of Napoleon.
2: A real a real Napolitan over here.
1: That's right. And hey, I have no easy, shame.
2: Easy, easy, real
1: oh my Ragu! Oh, just like my mom's ragu. That's you.
2: <laughs> Don't talk about <laughs> my mom's ragu like that.
1: We all know about your mom's ragu.
2: No, shut up, dude. Uh so that's 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 it. That's all that happens in that episode. Um how are you feeling coming out of
1: this conversation? I still quite like it. Um yeah. I yeah, sure. The the scenes with uh Leia and Jordy don't have the most momentum to them, but overall it's still an enjoyable episode. I enjoyed the small details like the lights on the ship turning off as the as the episode progresses. Yeah, that was cool. I like that too. Yeah. Um the the episode is enough going for it that I still quite enjoy it.
2: Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites so far. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, again, can't discount how much this sets up for the writers going forward too. Um. Just in terms of little character stuff.
1: Right. So, Expect to that. see more ships and bottles. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, okay.
2: Well. Yeah. I. I guess. I guess that's that's it for. Uh, for booby trap.
1: You wanna? You uh, have a trivia for me?
2: Yeah. So. Go on. Which notable character, as always, is a source for Memory Alpha. Okay. Uh, our friends at Memory Alpha, our, our colleagues, I would say, at Memory Alpha, our uh, intimate
1: contributors. Our. Uh, Memory Alpha. Our, our, our uh, friends. Our lovers, and our, our butchers, our bakers, our candlestick our makers. Candlestick makers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. So, which which notable Trek character who will go on to appear in ten episodes across both TNG and Deep Space Nine? Um. Was born around the time of this episode.
1: Was born around like in real life? They were born around this time. No,
2: no, in the universe they were born uh, around the time of this episode.
1: Um. So they do appear in TNG. You're saying,
2: yes. They will. They they will appear in TNG.
1: Alexander.
2: Yeah, you got it. Yes. So, yeah, I guess that was too easy. Yes. I don't. i' like child. With a with a recurring role.
1: That's true. Uh. Hell yeah. <laughs> I I fucking nailed it. Good job, dude. It's
2: less. I would have. I, I would have thought by by this like not being a wharf episode that would have thrown you off somehow.
1: Um. Perhaps, but uh, I always have Alexander on the brain one way or another, whether it's Worf's child or the uh, the Roman Conqueror.
2: <laughs> or 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 the um, the Iron Chef. Uh, no, no, the... the
1: Master uh, what's, Chef. What's,
2: what's the Gordon Ramsay show? The Master Chef Kids Season 1 winner.
1: <laughs> Alexander.
2: <laughs> Alexander.
1: Now, I don't know if the Ensigns know this, we're both very large Master Chef fans.
2: Well... I'm very large, but you're a very large master chef fan.
1: Uh, it's a, it's good programming. It's, it's good it It is good. yeah, it's good.
2: It's good. No kitchen nightmares. Yeah. Ah, it's no hotel
1: hell. It's no hotel hell, um which in turn is the kitchen nightmares. It is yes,. Alexander. Kitchen
2: nightmares. <laughs> and so Alexander report to the bridge immediately.
1: All right. Um, do, Who do you, who'd you rather have as your captain? Um, Picard or Gordon Ramsay? Definitely Picard.
2: <laughs> Although that, that does, that does, that's really evocative, isn't it? The idea of Gordon Ramsay being the captain of the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, I think the next Trek franchise should use that as inspiration. Um, Actually,
2: yeah, that would be really funny.
1: What if we had a captain that, uh, it's kind of like that, that captain in Best of Both Worlds that everybody hated because he just did his job well, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't, like, play ass-pats with the crew. Right. It's like, no, Riker, I'm not going to fillet your ego. And it's it's like, oh, the audience hates this guy. <laughs> we hate him because he's mean to the characters we know. Can't be mean. Can't be mean to Riker. Can't be mean to Riker. <laughs> Sound like the Roadrunner.
2: Why, why, why did you actually say no, Woody Woodpecker?
1: Oh, whatever. <laughs> Some cartoon uh, all right. bird. Alright. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Alright, uh, I'm wrapping. Um, it's like a Christmas present. Uh, Thank you for joining us on the Readier Room. Next week, we'll be here with another episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. As for every week, we will once and for always be sponsored by our beloved Denny's, home of the Grand Slam and Moves Over in Miami. Um, we eat at Denny's every day. Us too, we recommend you do the same. When you go, yes. say, you, say you're ready or that you know Mitch, they'll hook you up, get you a free sausage pie, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Order the OJ. It's especially pulpy. Until next time, everybody, I implore you to please stay ready. The troublesome little man-child.
2: I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species.
1: Thank you, Enzo. Engage.
0: dreamed of climbing inside the bottle.